Are you looking for a personal, one-of-a-kind gift? We'd like to tell you about our friend Sean Krugel, who is offering a very unique and special service. So if you're looking for a special gift for virtually any time of the year, look into 3D art. Sean offers fully customizable 3D lamps, night lights, and more, and they're perfect for birthdays, holidays, anniversaries, and memorials, and much, much more. Just look for them over on Facebook. Look for Google Photography and 3D Memories for a truly unique present and gift. This episode of the Klaus to the Heart podcast has been rated M for mature audiences only. Some material and dialogue may not be suitable for members of the family under 18 years of age. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a union worker. I'm a professional wrestler. I'm a promoter. This is my show. And on here, we are going to tackle a number of different topics. Close to the Heart Podcast. We could be talking about sports. We could be talking about pop culture. We could be talking about professional wrestling. But above all else, we are going to talk about how we can go through life to make a positive difference for ourselves and for those in and around our lives. Welcome to the Close to the Heart Podcast. Welcome to my show. This is the Close to the Heart Podcast, powered by Anchor.fm. Hey everybody, welcome to the Klaus to the Heart Podcast, powered by Anchor.fm. I'm Jason Klaus. We certainly appreciate you taking time out of your week to give the show a listen. And this is going to be a little bit of a different type of format this week. We're doing something right out of the gate. I'm, I'm going to tell you that this is going to be as raw and as real of a conversation as you have ever heard on this podcast. I have a very special guest with, with me this week, and I know normally we don't do guests on here unless it's a special occasion or a special topic. That certainly does fit the bill here this week. I'm actually being joined by a longtime friend and uh, somebody that I have not actually had a real conversation with in real time, like face-to-face or you know, on the telephone or anything like that in like over 20 years, if, if you can believe that. It's 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 a little bit nerve-wracking, but at the same time, it's something that I'm very much looking forward to. Joining me from her home in Newark, Ohio, is Nikki Felsoni. And Nikki, number one, I appreciate you t- taking time to... You know, sit, sit down with me. This is something that, that we've talked about doing for quite some time. It was just a matter of trying to get all of our ducks in a row. My schedule, your schedule. Um, we've known each other for a long time. And yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. We're actually recording this on Skype, but we're doing it for the podcast. So, number one, it's great to see you. you great to see you, too. 
you look amazing. You, you Thank know, it, you. It's, um, you know, th this is a little surreal, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, for, for, you know, first of all, uh, how's things going in, in Newark, Ohio? Good, good. We are busy. Um, three kids in a house, two dogs, working full time, just kind of doing the quarantine thing and all of that. Yeah, so, we're kind yeah. of over. We're we're kind of over the whole COVID thing and and, and the quarantining and all that. But at, at the same time, you got to do what you can do to do our part to get this crap as far away from us in, in the rearview mirror as we possibly can. Right? Agreed. Yeah, I work in an academic medical center, so I see it firsthand, and so. Again, we're closing in on almost a year of, right. you know, these protocols and everything. So I will be happy to have that all behind us. For sure. I think we all are, right? So you, you're on the show this week because uh, through the course of, of some text messaging back and forth or through Facebook Messenger, rather, um, you... You know, we've kept in contact off and on for the last little bit since we've re reconnected over social media. Yes. Um, you know, especially in this last year, uh, you know, even before that, but especially in, in this last year, both you and I have had what I would like to consider. I mean, if we had to bottom line it, it would be challenging years, right? So, yeah. Um, you know, you had you had uh, proposed a question the the other day, and I'm not going to go into the exact you know the, the exact messages. I'm talking you know in general. Uh, you know, had I ever you know tackled the topic of grief on on either one of my shows, either here on the podcast or on 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 the YouTube show, and I said, well, it's funny you mentioned that because. This last episode last week of the podcast kind of touched into the more of heartbreak and, and things of that nature and how we we can allow that if we allow it to to dictate our whole lives. Now, I kind of went went off the rails last week and, you know, but at the same time, it resonated with a lot of my with a lot of my listeners now with you. And your approach to it, I think we're going to tackle this thing from a completely different story, from a completely alternative avenue. Because when you talk about grief, it's not just a black and white thing, right? I mean, it's it's multi it's multi layered. It's uh, you know, it's individualized because we all go through these different things in life, the these different challenges. Now, you know, you. You have known me for a long time. You, you you know me on a very personal level. And you were one of the first ones. You were one one of the first ones to reach out when word spread last April that my brother had passed away. And which I, you know, I truly appreciated. But it wasn't very long after that that you encountered something along the same lines and you know i i i'm not really sure how we want to go about 
diving into this, but I, I know that, you know, you are at this point, you're still kind of wrestling with, with the grief of losing someone who at one time was very close to you. Would, it, would that be accurate? Yes, I would, I would say so. So, and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm trying to be as, as sensitive about this as, as I possibly can. And I'll, you know, based on what you tell me back, will will dictate how far, how deep we, we go into this topic. But, um, you lost your ex-husband. And yes. it was somebody that uh, you were with for like 15 years, something like that. Somebody that had been in your life for a significant amount of time. Yes. Now, the conversation that you and I had was, you know, essentially, do I have a right to feel grief for my ex-husband? My answer to you at, at that point was, well, absolutely, you know, because... That was somebody that you spent a lot of your life with. And I would imagine that, you know, there there is a degree of heartbreak. There There is a degree of loss there because that was somebody, even you know, take away the fact that things did not work out ideally. It was not a fairy tale ending, right? But, you know, I, I got to imagine that it, he was still somebody that you had, you know, that you cared about just because of the amount of time that you guys were, were together. Absolutely. So kind of take me through, if you don't mind, uh, I don't uh, you know, kind of take me through the gist of the relationship, uh, what happened. And how you found out, you know, that he had passed away. Sure. So, uh, my ex-husband and I met the summer that I turned 19. So, that would have been 1997. Um, I just pretty much outed how old I am. <laughs> and um, so, we got married in 2001. And then we separated in 2010. And finalized our divorce in 2014. So, um, from start to finish, roughly 17 years, he was a part of my life. Um, we had a lot of um, kind of issues through our marriage. We dealt with infertility and um, just, I made some very poor decisions at points that contributed to the demise of our marriage. And he had, in 2009, we discovered that he had a congenital heart defect. And then in 2010, when he was 33 years old, he had a pacemaker put in. And so that was in part why there was this gap from when we separated and moved out like we were living separately to the time that we actually divorced was so that he was able to stay on my health insurance um he had a lot of doctors a lot of specialists he had to see so um 
and then, you know, in 2014, it was decided, you know, he had moved back home to Detroit. And so we, um, we went through with the divorce. And at that point, I had just turned 36 years old. So um, he in so this was in May, this was just about a month after um, you lost your brother. Um, I got a phone call and it was late in the evening and it was my, for lack of a better term, I'll say sister-in-law um, calling and she said, I, she's like, Nicole. And I was like, yeah. And it, it was just very weird that she was calling me. It was after nine or 10 o'clock at night. And she said, um, Mikey's dead. Mikey died. And I said, what? And like, she just, she said it again. And, it, and I was like, so taken aback. I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Like, what happened? And um, I, um, you know, Jesse and I, we had been laying in bed. And so I got up out of the bed. And then I just like had this overwhelming, like, flood of emotion. And I started sobbing. Like, I could not. And that's one thing I will say about Jesse is that he was like incredible. Like he didn't act weird about it or offended by it or anything like that. I mean, that I had this just like a eruption of emotion. And um, obviously this is when all of the COVID stay at home orders, everything was very, very strict. We were under stay at home orders here in Ohio and, and Michigan was closed down too. Um, and I have maintained like relationships with, um, his brother's, um, fiance and their daughter, um, through the years, but I have been, um, you know, away from everyone else. Like I, I don't have any relationships really that I've maintained, but, um, so I did not go back to Michigan or anything like that. Um, but you know, over the last, what are we at? Nine months or so I've kind of found myself in this position where I, it doesn't seem real. I think in part because there was no official like funeral or anything like that. And I think that has just been a, a very difficult thing to kind of wrap my head around is that there's no closure. I can certainly understand that. Um, man, I, uh, I, number one, I didn't realize that he was as young as he was, especially with, you know, finding out about the heart defect, the pacemaker. I mean, when you hear somebody having to have a pacemaker put in, it's, it's usually in, you know, they're much, much older. So, right. And I just, man, I, I'm listening to this and I'm like, I just, a couple of things. Number one, he was awful damn young to, to be having those kind of problems. Do you know if he had like a family history of, of heart, of heart issues? Was it prominent in his family? Not what he had. Um, he had like some other like underlying, um, 
he had something called hemochromatosis, yeah. which was like his body's inability, like it stored iron, like his body stored iron in his liver and heart. And, um, but from my understanding, when this was actually the reason we found out in the first place that anything was wrong was he had an outpatient hernia surgery and they were like, um, you know, they'll come and get you when he's ready to go home. And then it was like, I sat in the atrium and waited and waited. And it was like, they never came and got me. So I went and I was like, Hey, what's going on? They're like, well, we had to call the cardiology resident for a consult. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? Like, um, come to find out at that point, he was in third degree heart block. So like the top and the bottom of his, like the parts of his heart were not communicating. So then they admitted him to the heart hospital that day. So he was 32 at that point. And um, then uh, it, it was just kind of like all of these things he found out while he was there for almost a week. He was inpatient. Um, again, and this was after just a run-of-the-mill, just inguinal hernia repair. <laughs> right. And so um, he like I said, had the pacemaker put in and, um, you know, he had a lot of other testing and health things and, and that kind of stuff. But as far as the heart stuff, no, I mean, he had uh, cancer that ran in his family, but, but not, uh, I'm not aware of any heart things, at least the condition that he had. You know, you, you, you mentioned that, you know, even after the the fact that you guys were having issues with, with the marriage and, you know, se separation was, was becoming a thing, you know, the fact that, you know, you just mentioned that, you know, you kind of, you stayed around for insurance purposes and things of that nature, you know, that really, you know, that to me speaks volumes of your character. You know, because there's a lot of people that I know that when their relationships, you know, start going off the rails and you know, you're separated or you're heading down the line of, of divorce, that's the end of it. You know, the, the other person can go pissed off and I want nothing more to do with them. You're on your own. You didn't do that. And, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I've always admired about you, even when, you know, we were hanging out when, when, when we were younger and things like that, you have on your sense of loyalty has always been off the charts. I mean, it just always has that, that is one of your most endearing qualities. Um, so, I mean, it really speaks volumes when, you know, when, when your marriage is, you know, it's on a downward spiral, for the lack of a better term, you're still able and you're still willing, more than anything, to do what you can to help this guy out. Now, based on conversations that we have had a while ago in relation to, and I mean, this is before he passed away and, and things like that, you kind of gave me a glimpse of... I don't want to say highlights because that's not the right word, but like snapshots mm -hmm. into into different things that were happening that led to the deterioration of your marriage. And, and I yeah. don't want 
I certainly don't want to speak ill of of the dead or or anything like that, but it really wasn't an ideal situation for you. Um, so I I can understand, you know, where there is a real struggle in in terms of how am I supposed to feel about this? Because in in one aspect, you have memories and you have the feelings of um, everything that went into play with the deterioration. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll just say. Okay, yeah, you said that you made some poor choices, but I, that can also be said on the opposite end of the spectrum because I, based on, you know, what you and I had talked about, you weren't treated right. There, mm -hmm. there, there was a, a degree of, I, I don't want to say abuse, but I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's it, 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 it is what it is. Yeah, I, mean, I would say, I would say emotional neglect. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, you know that, I, for lack of a better term, that's I think would be a fair, um, a fair assessment. Okay, well, that certainly sounds better than than abuse, because you, when you use the word abuse, the first thing that pops into anybody, you know, anybody's mind is that he beat the shit out of you or right. something like that. Um, no, so. no. <laughs> Um, and, and anybody who who knows you knows that you're one of the strongest people you know that I've ever known. You know, I I wouldn't want I wouldn't want want to take you on because I get my ass whooped, right? But I mean, there, that that's a that's a distinct possibility. <laughs> so so uh, you know, another thing that you mentioned that really stuck out to me, and this, and this was something that you hadn't mentioned to me before so it was my first time hearing it is uh your fiance you know mm -hmm. was, was was right there when um when you got the news mm -hmm. and, and and you know i know a lot of people a, a lot of guys you know if they were met in that same instance where your girlfriend or your fiance or your wife or something like that gets this this horrific news that her ex has passed away and she's responding the way that you did, there would be a, a degree of, of jealousy, of resentment of, uh, you know, why are you so upset that, you know, that's all, you know, I'm here and blah, blah, blah. Right. That was not the case with him. And, and no. that was, um, again, that, that's a pretty, a significant thing in terms of how he responded knowing you know seeing how you you were re, you know re, reacting and you know he went the opposite way he 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 was understanding he was you know caring i mean that's that's pretty re, you know re, remarkable yeah i i will say that's one of the things that i love about jesse is he's not He's not, like, that doesn't ruffle his feathers. Like, that's not something that, you know, we've built a strong foundation um, in our relationship. So those kind of things come up and that does not, like, he understands that I had a life before him. And that I could still love and be sad about Mike dying 
but the love that I have for Jesse is different than the type of love that I had for Mike. Sure. Well, okay. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And, and you really summed it up because I know that there is a lot of people that deal with a, a similar instance like this. You know, when, if, if people maintain a friendship or something like that with an ex or, or what have you, you know, there, there is oftentimes a degree of jealousy that goes into that. Um, not all the time, but I mean, it is more, more, more common than not. Now, another thing that you and I had talked about was, and I'm paraphrasing here, and if I have this wrong, you know, please, please tell me, but some of your friends or, you know, people that, that you're close to or that you know started to question whether, you know, why are you feeling the way that you are? And how how can you have these feelings of sadness and mourning for your ex husband when you have you know Jesse and 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 the kids in play and you know they really you know do you have the right to feel the way that 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 you do? Am I somewhat a accurate with that? One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that's the, you know kind of you know, like what we touched on a little bit, uh, when we spoke or I guess text <laughs> message, um, was, you know, I'm not a widow, obviously mm -hmm. this was someone who I was married to. So like, what is the protocol for an ex that you are civil with that you still talk to intermittently throughout, you know, since, since your divorce? I mean, there was not animosity anymore. We had, I would say, three years ago, it was right before Jesse and I bought the house. Um, Mike and I talked on the phone for about an hour to an hour and a half. And um, we talked through, like, all of these things. And I was just so apologetic. And I said, I'm so sorry for this and I'm so sorry for that. And I, you know, about who I was back then. And he said something that completely changed the dynamic between him and I. And he said, we ruined this together. He said, it's not your fault. And here I went all this time carrying this burden on myself. And he like, He took that away and he said, we shared in that. Like I was responsible for part, you are responsible for part. So um, I think that's why his dying has bothered me because he wasn't an ex that I hated. I didn't hate him. Even mm -hmm. when we divorced, I didn't hate him. His lawyer, yes, him, no. <laughs> you know, it just, right. um, and I think just like, and I think with, with grief and, and especially when you unexpectedly lose someone, like you lost your brother, mm -hmm. 
you don't have the time to say the things you want to say. You don't have the time to do the things you want to do. And you like just want to hear their voice one last time or like an inside joke or something like that. And you're like, God, I really want to text this or, oh, my God, I really want to screenshot this or send this to them. And you just can't. Like your head and your heart are so hard to reconcile because your rational mind is like they're gone. But there's like this emptiness. Yeah. No, I. Uh, <laughs> you're describing uh, various parts of my day every day, you know, in, in, in relation to my brother, because I always I all the time see something that I'm like, oh, I need to send this to Jeff. Oh, my God, this is so funny. He would laugh his ass off. Right. And I'm picking up my phone yeah. and I'm going I'm, I'm going to text him. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing right now? What am I doing? You know, like I'll be three sentences deep and I'm like, what the shit am I doing? So I totally, Nicole, I totally un understand that. And that's, that's one of the things that when, when we, when we were uh, texting the, the, the other day about, you know, you had mentioned about, you know, your friends were questioning, you know, the protocol of how you deal with the passing of, of, of an ex or whatever. There is no protocol. You, you know what I mean? And the fact that you and Mike were able to put some 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 closure, for the lack of a better term, on the end of your marriage. You know, you, it, it sounds like you guys had kind of loose ends that you were able to tie up before everything happened. So yes. I've got to believe that there is that's kind of a blessing unto itself because you don't have that burden like you were just saying and knowing you the way that i do and knowing how emotionally invested that you are with the people that you care about regardless of what title that they have whether they're a friend whether they're you know in, in this case your ex-husband blah 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 you know, you've, you've always been a very emotional, very invested person. And I, and I know you to know that you need answers, you need closure, you, you need, you need to, to tie up those loose ends. So I'm glad in, in, in one aspect, although I'm very sad to hear, and I, and I was, I was very sad to, to hear when, when you texted me and told me my, you know, Mike died, and I was like, "Oh," because it was right, right after everything happened with Jeff. I was still dealing with that, still process. I mean, I still am. You know, we're coming up on a year now here in in in, in April, and shit still don't seem right. But um, you know, I was like, "Oh my god," and and I felt so bad, and but I didn't know. Like, I knew snapshots of what had happened, but I didn't know, like, as I'm hearing a lot of what you're telling me, I'm just, I'm blown away by the fact that you guys were, were able to have that conversation, you know, for the hour or hour and a half or, or what have you. And I, and I know for you, there had to be some sort of relief 
maybe for the lack of a better term, that you were able to get back on one page, even though your lives had now taken these these separate journeys. You know, you you know, you are in a very happy re relationship now. He was doing his thing, but you were able to find that closure. Would would that be accurate? Yeah, yeah. Um, the day I got engaged, um, I actually texted him and I said, hey, um, I just want to let you know before this is on social media or you hear it from someone else, I'm getting remarried. And um, he said, congratulations and um, that you know, whatever we needed to do to like with the Catholic church, you know, cause obviously when you're divorced, you have to go get the, the blessing again. Right. <laughs> and, uh, that, you know, he said that he would, um, you know, whatever needed to be done paperwork wise and that kind of stuff. So, um, and actually two, well, I guess about like two weeks before that, um, my grandmother passed away. And he was one of the first people to text me. So, and that was in 2019. So I lost my grandma in April of, yeah, April of 2019. And he was one of the first people to text me. So um, I appreciate the, I don't know, I don't say if I want to say friendship or relationship or whatever, of what it became after our divorce. Like, I appreciated that we were cool. Like, we were good. Like, we had this really bad past, but we were at a spot that we could joke about things. Like, inside family jokes or inside jokes that he and I had. Like, we could still joke about that. And again, it would be like something random would come up and I'd, be like do you have a copy of this or something and um it, it was good and so i think that made it easier in some ways but then also harder because if you lose someone that you hate <laughs> there's not a whole lot of you know you're like good riddance but right. when it's someone that you have you know, you don't have this anger or animosity towards that kind of adds this layer of, well, now how do I, what do I do with this emotion? Right. And I, I think that's what pissed me off more when, you know, when you had, had indicated that, you know, you were being questioned as to, why are you feeling the way that you do by your friends or, you know, people that I would imagine that you care about that, you know, that you confide into, you know, for, for the lack of better terms and, and for them to question, well, who are you to, you know, why are you feeling this way? That, that part of your life is gone, blah, blah, blah. Your, your story, Nicole is, it's extraordinary because it the fact that you guys were you and mike i mean were were able to tie up those loose ends you were able to get back on one page that's not something that you hear an awful lot in terms of a divorced 
couple. So, I, you know, again, that speaks volumes about you, and it speaks volumes about him because, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't have to be that way. You know, you guys could have just gone your separate ways and, you know, fuck him and fuck her and, you know, I hope you rot in hell and blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, but that was not the case. And so for for you to be questioned, you know, how do you feel? How, how can you feel this way? Well, that's because that's who you are as a person. And not everybody, unfortunately, has has the kind of caring in in their soul that you do you know i i mentioned it er, earlier on you are a very loyal person almost to a fault at times you are you're just one of the good people i mean it's true i mean because when we are too loyal to to somebody we allow ourselves to be walked on to be stepped on to be treated like shit and we just take it you know well you know I really want I really want their approval and I really want them to be a part of my life and I will sacrifice what I want what I need what I think just to be a part of that click that circle that friendship that relationship and I don't necessarily I was the same way you know that mm-hmm. but I've, I'm also at a point in my life now to where I have a lot better understanding of what I perceived to be my self-worth and I believe you do too but yes you know I I'm you know and it may be it's going to come off as I'm conceited or I'm stuck on myself or I hold myself in a higher standard than other people and I certainly don't mean for it for it to sound like that but at the same time I know what I'm worth and I know that the people in my inner circle, in my family, in my life, you know, I'm there because they want me to be there. With the good, with the bad, with with what with whatever. This is who I am. And if who I am and who you are is not, you know, good enough to be a part of that particular clique or that particular circle. Well, then fuck them. We, we, I don't need those kind of people in, in my life. I need people that are going to be, that are going to support me, that are, that are going to help me, that are going to be there in my worst days. And for you to be going through the extraordinary emotions that you are going through, because not everybody deals with, with that kind of, emotions and everything that you're feeling especially when you heard the news and your immediate you know reaction to it although it's not on the majority end of a scale of how people you feel about about their exes or or what have you there are still others that do they still are able to maintain that friendship they are able to be cordial with one another so there is going to be um those those emotions, especially when something like this happens, you you lose somebody totally unexpected. You don't expect it to happen, especially when they have a persona that is larger than life. Um, I mean, that certainly w- was the case with Jeff. I mean, my God, the guy was he was who he was. I mean, any, anywhere he went, there was like a spotlight shining on him. And, and those kind of people in our minds and and in our hearts. They don't die. 
They live forever. Mm -hmm. They're immortal. N nothing can touch them. So when reality comes into play, and yes, this is this is what's happened, and that person that we cared about or that we love or you know that we're close to is no longer here, man. That is a shock to our system. Would would you agree? Absolutely. Because, and I was actually thinking about this, of how you have all these people in your life that are just there. They're just pillars of your life. And then you're kind of left behind. That is, uh, that's a pretty accurate way of putting it. Uh, yeah, that's a real good way of putting it. And I hadn't thought about it in that context until you just said that. And, you know, you can tell by the emotion in your voice. Um, and, and that's why I keep, you know, that's why I keep butting in here when, when I see that this is happening. So you have a moment here, but you're absolutely right in, in, in the fact that you do feel like you're being left behind because like with me and Jeff, you know, where there was one, there was the other, you know, there was, he was always, he was the one guy that I, I knew no matter what through good, through, through, you know, through bad, if I looked behind me, he was right there, you know, with his, his goofy smirk and his smart-ass comments and, and things of that nature. And, you know, you make all these plans and, and you have all these ideas of, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to go here, we're going to, you know, we're going to have our kids all together and, and this, that, and the other thing. And then when, you know, when it happens and, and you look back and they're not there anymore, it, uh, it's a pretty damning feeling, really. It's, and, and you're like, selfishly, you think, how could you leave me, right? I mean, how, how, why are you not here? We had, we had all these plans. We had all these ideas. You were such a constant in my life. How could you leave me, right? And, and you start getting pissed about it. And, and especially in my circumstance, um, you know, I don't want to peel the curtain back too far, you know, going into great detail, but we found out after the fact that, um, Jeff was aware that he had heart issues that he never told anybody about. And we, and, and we figured that out when my sister-in-law was cleaning out his car after everything had happened. And he and she had found this um, paper from his doctor's office for a um, like a checkup or or something that he went to. And Nicole, the four things that was on that paper in terms of what heart ailments that they were concerned about were the exact four fucking things that were on his his death cert certificate. When she sent me that, she she took a picture of it. She sent it to me. I was I was printing T-shirts, and um, 
you know, she she sent me the picture. I stopped what what I was doing. I had I had the squeegee in my hand, so I had the squeegee in my hand. I had my phone in, in the other one, and I'm looking at it. I put the phone down, and I registered what I just read, and I took the squeegee and I fucking threw it as hard as I could because I was so angry at the. I, I was mad at him. How could you not take this seriously, right? And I'm sitting there, and I I went out in the garage, and I'm yelling, like, look, I'm just yelling. I'm so angry. How could you do this? Why did you not take this seriously? And I know I'm kind of going off on on, on a rant here, but it it goes hand in hand with dealing with the different kinds of grief when you lose somebody, especially in in the manner that both you and I have, that you're like, you want answer. You want to know why. You want to know why that person is no longer right behind you or standing next to you. You want some sort. You want, you want closure. And you know, with with your situation, because you weren't able to have the funeral because of COVID and all, all the shutdown. They they did have an after. Um, uh, celebration of life mm -hmm. and um, that's probably a story for another day but um, I had I had no intention of going but then word came that a large group text went out about whether I show if I showed up that there would be an issue oh is that right yeah yes Yes. So even though, and I think that that kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with the, um, the, the grief and the different, you know, some people are very upset. Some people get angry. Some people are depressed and quiet and shut down. Just all those different ways of how people deal with death. And, um, it was interesting because, all of this old stuff got dug back up. So I kind of was, um, I don't even know the, I guess my feet were kind of held to the fire again over stuff that happened a decade ago. And so um, this kind of hype man of, you know, oh, you know, he hated her and, she did this and you know and and he said this or she said this or did or he he said she said you know she better not show up at the the whatever celebration of life and um i never once had any intent never did it cross my mind that i would ever go because it he would have been the only person that I would have been there for. Right. And he and I were okay. And with that is how I am okay. But other people chose to take it as an opportunity to misdirect their grief into anger towards me over something from 10 years ago. <laughs> So, I was just, I was going to say that. that I, yes. I mean, that's, 
as as you were laying that out, that's exactly the thing that that crossed my mind. Is it wasn't necessarily you per se. It was you were the easy target to take all of that raw emotion that they were feeling with losing him. Well, we're going to shift that instead of dealing with it, instead of accepting it and trying to find a way to cope with the loss and everything we're going to you know re redirect that sorrow anger um heartbreak everything well it's all nicole's fault and 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 if she can if she shows up you know we're gonna do this now make a scene yeah 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 and you know for me it was it was kind of one of those things where um and also, this individual said um, they didn't want me to know that he had died. And that, um, like, there, that was why nothing was posted on social media right away. Mm. And the fact of the matter is, is that I knew within hours. And at the end of the day, um, I realized how much I've grown as a person over the last 10 years because I said to Jesse, I, I, you know, I kind of laid out what had, what had been said or alleged or, um, about the text message and all of this stuff. And Jesse looks at me and he's like, who said that? And I said the person's name and um, he's like, I have no idea who that is. And it was like, I had this light bulb moment where it was like this person who was such a negative energy and had such a toxic, was such a toxic part of my life for a very long time that here I am years later. And the person I'm with doesn't even know your name. Like, that's how little I care to even discuss you. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like, you're carrying on this hatred. And you're, like, not even a blip on my radar. So that, you know, like, the personal growth from the, I was like, I'm actually really proud of myself. Because me, 10 years ago... You know, I I can get a little mouthy, but I just no. It, 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 but <laughs> right. I but, I refuse to believe this nonsense. I know shenanigans, um, <laughs> but but I mean it. I realize after kind of hearing, um, after hearing you know, some of the stuff that had been said or written or whatnot. Um, I kind of looked, I, I looked at Jesse and I looked at my kids and my life. And I'm like, I am very sad that Mike died. But I'm very... very much okay in 
how life ended up, even though our marriage didn't work out. Right. Do you suppose that the re one of the reasons, a contributing factor to the animosity towards you from Mike's family or, or whoever had such, such an issue, do you suppose that part of that is because they didn't know that you and Mike had had an opportunity to kind of tie up the loose ends, for the lack of a better term? I, I would say so. And then I did hear, you know, after the fact that when they were cleaning out his house, that they saw or read something and that they hated me even more. <laughs> like, um, I, I, who even knows? It could have been a text message between Mike and I joking about something they did or something they said, or it maybe it was our divorce papers. Maybe it was emails from back when we were separating. I, I have no idea what it could have been, but I really, and this sounds, and I don't mean this to sound as petty or, or, or not, it's not petty. Like, I don't mean to mean it in like a dismissive way, but I don't care. Right. Like, it, like in previous, you know, in years ago, I would have cared and that would have bothered me, but I just realized that I'm, I'm so glad I don't have that toxicity in my life anymore. It's pro probably as perfect of a way of putting it, you know, because you don't, listen, you know, life is way too short, right? I mean, there's, we are reminded of that in the most inopportune ways. We, <laughs> you know, we take a lot of shit for, for, for granted. Really, I mean, we we have this mentality. Well, I'll wait till tomorrow, or I'll wait till whenever. I got all the time in 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 the world. That is not the case. That that is certainly not, you know not the case, and that's why, you know, I used to be that way. I used to be you know, I'll I'll put this off, and I don't know I'll call whoever so and so later on next week, what have you. That all changed for me around the time that my mom died because of and this is something that I still I beat myself up terribly about to this day um you know I had called on Super Bowl S Sunday uh back in 20 in 2017 and uh, I had called to talk to my dad about something and my mom answered and you know I was very short chit chat i'm like hey you know his dad around she said yeah and he got on the phone he and i talked i asked him what whatever the hell it was i had to ask him i don't even remember what what it was at this point and he said do you want do you want to talk to your mom again i said well i gotta get going but i'll call her in 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 a few days and that was my last conversation with her i i was too busy to take five minutes and call her back and I don't know if I'll ever 
forgive myself for, for that. You know what I mean? Knowing in hindsight what all would happen and how quickly it happened. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, but I also realized, you know, I didn't know. Nobody knew. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, yeah, I, I feel like an asshole about it. And, and I feel terrible about it. And it's something that I think about all the time, especially around S- Super Bowl weekend. And it's like, oh, you know, I should have, I should have, could have, would have, right? Because that's always the, the, the hindsight thing. But back on track here, you know, I go off on these, on these little tangents. If you listen to my show, you know it happens all the time. Um, but, I mean, I guess the bottom line is, you know, is there is there a protocol for for grief my my answer to that was not as far as i'm concerned because we all have different ways of dealing with things we have different ways that we that we deal with the emotions of 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 grief and there's not really there's no manual that says by this day you should be here by this day. You should go past, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's as individualized as we are as, as people, you know, you have every right to feel the way that you do. You have every right to react the way that, that you do. I guess the only wrong s- scenario in, in dealing with grief is, if you refuse, if you get to a point to where you re- you refuse to try to move forward with your life, and as long as you are not hurting yourself or those around you, either physically or emotionally, I guess that would be, you know, in in my in my instance, that would be the only wrong way that you could handle dealing with grief would would you say that that's right or no yeah i would absolutely agree with that i mean because at at some point you have to eventually pick yourself up dust yourself off because you've got a spouse or kids or other people that that need you to be okay it, to some extent right you you are you're never going to be exactly the person you were before Jeff died. You are a different version of you now. That's true. That's And so whatever that new normal is, you have to find it along the way. Because you you aren't the one who died. You have to keep going. Even when you don't want to, you still have to because this is it. I mean, you have to. No, you're absolutely right. You know, because, you know, like, like you said, there's, you know, not just my case, but your case and anybody else that has, you know, dealt with something like this. There are other people in your life that are counting on you, that are depending on you, that need you for, for, for different reasons or aspects. So that is, and, and you're right, you know, with my case, I'm not the same person that I was, and I never will be again, because, you know, anybody who knows 
you know, Jeff and me know, you know, how close we were. You know, there we, we were, you know, aside from a period of our lives where we kind of went in opposite, you know, opposite, you know, roads or what have you, um, we came back onto the same road. And, you know, a lot of that, you know, I have made no bones about the fact was wrestling, was not WWE or anything like that, but like my wrestling company, it was MWO that brought us back onto one page and we were able to mend the fences and we were able to move forward side by side. You know, he was very much uh, a crucial part, you know, not just the show itself, but behind the scenes. And, um, you know, we did that one show in, in September, you know, after the fact, it was like a tribute show to him. And I'm here to tell you, um, that was the worst show I've ever done. It just wasn't, nothing seemed right. There was, there, there's a hole, right? There's, I mean, there's a huge hole in, in my heart and, uh, and I really, and I'm sure you do too, to to some degree, is, you know, you're not going to, there's nothing that's going to be able to fill that hole the way that it was. But, you know, you've got to kind of borrow from the different aspects, from the different people in, in your life to compensate for that. I guess for the that's the best way that I can put it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I've got young kids and, you know, they depend on me for a lot of different things. My wife depends on me for, you know, m- make sure that I'm in a place to be able to provide for my family. Um, my friends, you know, I need to make sure. And that's, that's where a lot of how I've dealt with shit is I've always tried to make sure that everybody else is okay first and then I'll deal with my own mourning process or my own grieving or not that that's the right way to go about things again there there is no manual that's just how I deal with it right because to me I it's it's more important to me to make sure that like you know my dad's okay that that my sister-in-law is okay that his that just friends were okay. And then I'll worry about me. You know what I mean? But I also know that at the end of the day, that when that time comes and I am able to sit down and just kind of digest and deal with my, my own emotions, if I start feeling like I'm going off the rails, I know that there are a certain that there are certain people in my life. I have certain friends that I know that, you know, I could call them up at three in the morning. Hey, I'm having a real issue here. They're going to wake up or roll out of bed or stop what they're doing or, or, or what have you. And they're going to be there for me without question. And they're not going to make me feel like shit because I called upon them when I needed them. And that's, that's the one thing that really irritated me when you told me that you that you were being questioned is what if those people are the ones that 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 Nicole needed to 
to lean on on at that particular time and and they're not there for her you know what i'm saying so that's that's what pissed me off about the whole thing and that's why i said we need to stop this conversation and i need to bring you on to the show because i think a lot of other people are dealing with 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 situations very very similar to this so i don't know i you know there there is no right answer i guess but whatever answer that you come up with in your case in my case it's got to be one that we're okay with but at the same time we need to understand that we need to embrace our our self-worth and that what we feel what we're dealing with is just as important as what you know who the chick on 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 the bachelor chooses at the end of the season as if anybody gives a shit about that right because this is real life that is not just trying to throw a metaphor out there but um I don't even watch the back, so I think it's the stupidest shit I've ever seen, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I, I, you know what, I used to get into it, but I just... Of course just, you did. Of course, of course. But then I was like, I just, I can't. I just can't. No. It's, it's so fake, but real life doesn't work like that. No, pro wrestling is more real than than the shit that they're doing on there. But that's another story for another time. I I, I just threw threw that out there to kind of break up the mood a little bit. But I mean, would, I mean, would would you say that you know, in in terms of being real with yourself and your self worth, would you say that that's accurate? what part i'm sorry well i mean for for you to be you know questioned as to why are you feeling the way that you are or you're not you're not allowed to feel the way that that you do you know a lot a lot of that you know you got to be good with yourself you know you are worth this and you are you are okay with feeling this way and you don't need to have the blessing of other people to have the emotions that you do. Correct. Okay. I see where you're going. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, I know I, I threw I threw a curveball in there with the whole bachelor and wrestling. Thing. I know. And I was like, is she gonna get a rose? No. <laughs> um <laughs> I think <laughs> um Oh dear, we're going you know, off the rails. <laughs> I know, right? So I think, um, you know, the validation that I did receive from some people that they understood that, you know, he and I were at a good place. And that was what made it difficult. But I think when people hear ex-husband or we were divorced, that they're thinking what traditional divorced situations are right um but then you know when that when he did die it did bring up a lot of old memories and a lot of old things and i had a lot of guilt of things that happened during our marriage and things i said and things i did and you know how things 
ended in that kind of stuff. And, um, but I've had to really look at myself, who I am now, give myself some grace that I have grown from being that person. And that just because the situation is not familiar to other people, um, different isn't wrong. So just because it's taking, or I should say it, it, it took me likely longer to deal with the death of someone who was a large, you know, was a part of my life through my entire twenties. And, um, I'm okay. I'm okay with how it took, but I think just how some people were like, Oh, it was your ex-husband. Oh, okay. I'm like, am, am I, am I like crazy for, for still feeling really sad about this person being gone? But I think, you know, it just, all the memories and, and things that kind of came rushing back when it actually happened probably really contributed to the heightened sense of emotion, you know, of emotions and everything. Right. Well, let, let me tell you this. Um, I am a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. And if you're able to endure a less than favorable situation or a part of your life and you're able to learn from that and you're able to grow from that and you're able to move forward with your life a better version of yourself than you were previously then it, it wasn't totally a lost period of time and I I can definitely tell you know, like I said, this is the first time, you know, I said at the very top of the program here, this is the first time you and I have seen each other in real time. I mean, albeit through Skype and we're having an actual conversation here. You're not the same person you were the last time I talked to you. You weren't, you're not the same person that you were the last time I seen you in, in real life, you know, face to face. And that is a testament to you know, all of the things that you have seen, all the things that you have endured, all the things that you have experienced. Uh, because the amount of time that has passed since, you know, we used to hang out on, on, a, reg on a regular basis, you know, you, you can't help but grow from that. And, uh, you know, I, for one, I'm very happy to see you in a happy place now. Uh, obviously, you know, because of everything that happened with the divorce and, and everything that happened, that has been a huge part of you becoming who you are here and now today. I got to believe that Jesse and, and the kids, you know, they are a, a, a major factor in that because you, I mean, I, I can tell you're just, you are a very happy person right now. And 
that's the one thing I've always I've always wanted for you. I, I've always wanted you to be happy. I've I've wanted you to have a good life and I wanted you to, you know, have good things in, in your life. And while it may have taken a while to get to an ideal place, I use that in quotations because what is ideal? It's very subjective. But um, I got to believe, Nikki, that, you know, everything that brought you to this point, you wouldn't be here and in, in your life now if you hadn't gone through everything that you had Previously, would would you say that that that's right? Absolutely. Well, is there is there any anything else in terms of this this topic, this subject that you that you would like to touch on, that you would like to talk about? I I feel like we really kind of touched on a lot of stuff. I feel feel pretty good about it. How about you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I I feel like a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean because you know I I talked about things here today that I don't generally talk about. You know, I, there's there was there's aspects of the whole thing with losing Jeff and everything that I I don't verbalize. It, it's, it's things that I talk to myself about, you know, when there's no one else around or that I think about when I'm on the, the, the assembly line for eight or nine hours a night when I'm just kind of in my zone. So I, you know, there are aspects of it that I feel good about, you know, I feel, I feel lighter, I guess, for the, for the lack of a better term. I don't feel as burdened, I, I, I suppose. I, I, that's the wrong word. Just, just to verbalize it, I guess, to get some of that pressure off of me, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there was, I think, there was a lot of good that that came out of our con of our conversation today. I think, you know, it's, it's a there's a little bit of anxiousness, maybe not anxiousness. What goddamn? What's the word? nervousness i guess because this is the first time that you know you and i have talked and we've seen each other so there's a little bit of in the beginning it's like oh i hope i don't screw this up and i hope that this is something that she feels comfortable enough to, to oh yeah but i think um i definitely think that you know this is something that that is going to resonate with with my listeners and I think, uh, you know, you are a remarkable person and I'm so happy that we were, that we were able to sit down and, and do this this week. Um, I'd like to bring, bring you back on from, from time to time and, and discuss other topics that I think that you would, you know, you, you kind of have a, uh, a unique per perspective on different things in life. You know that we've talked about previously through through text message. I'm like, wow, I think I think she would be a a really awesome co-host at this. And now that we've actually kind of had like a trial run here, <laughs> that, <laughs> I I think this could be a thing if that's something that you would be willing to you know to be a, 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 available for. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, if you're good with, with everything this week, um, we'll kind of put a bow on, on this episode. I think, I think this went very, very well. I had high, high expectations and this exceeded them, you know, once, once we got rolling. Um, but I just, you know, I'm very happy for you and I'm very happy that, that you are in a good place now. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, all right, Nikki. So with that, uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, we certainly appreciate you uh, tuning in this week. I certainly appreciate all of your feedback. You can uh, send us an email at Klaus to the heart at uh, gmail.com, or you can send us a direct message to our Facebook page. Just look for Klaus to the heart. And a new episode of the podcast will drop next Tuesday at midnight on Anchor.fm and within a half an hour later over on Spotify. So for Nikki Falsoni, I certainly appreciate you. Uh, and for everybody else, uh, be awesome to each other and to yourselves. And we'll see you next week right here on the Close to the Heart podcast powered by Anchor.fm.